Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. I left you in our last episode with a pretty frightening picture of the extinguishing of the universe in a dissolving of the very structure of the elements of the universe that were being upheld actively by the Word of God, by Jesus Christ, and then this consuming fire, and you think, well, boy, is that it? Is that the end of everything? No, because today we're going to see that that only leads to something else called the new heavens and the new earth. To put it in context, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, it says, but the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is the second coming. It will come like a thief, just like Jesus said, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise and the elements will be dissolved with fire and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. But that's not the end of the story. I'm gonna drop to verse 13 of 2 Peter 3. But according to his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, you're supposed to put any application to a truth at the end of a talk, but today I'm going to just flip that around because of a a very, very deep concern I have for all Christian youth living in the 21st century. As you know, both Protestants and Catholics are losing young people who are brought up in the church in massive numbers. The majority are ceasing the practice of their faith even though they were raised in the church. So I wanna begin with a practical application, an important application for 21st century parents of teens or will-be teens and young adults. This might come as a shock to you, but despite being in church, by being in catechism class and everything else, many Christian teens and young adults have little interest in what is commonly described as, quote, going to heaven, unquote, for eternity. I think if you could catch them in an honest moment, I think they would be very shy about admitting it. But my guess is that many Christian young people would rather be at the mall with their friends or have lots of time on their smartphones rather than going to heaven as is commonly understood in our culture and in our churches. And this is so important right now. So you might ask your son or your daughter, or ask yourself, where do you expect to spend eternity? I'm not talking about like if you would happen to die today and you would go into either heaven or purgatory. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where do you expect to spend eternity after the day of the Lord, after the second coming of Christ? And then ask your son or daughter, or ask yourself, what do you think it will be like And I'm just going to probably in a condensed form characterize it. Well, um, it's maybe something like a 
eternal life where you're kind of like a ghost and kind of like a person. It's a ghost-like existence, and you can kind of see you, but you're semi-transparent with your body. But there are streets of gold and Elvis-like mansions, and this is the most horrible translation imaginable for the topic that I'm talking about. In the King James Version, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, and there are many mansions. And that word in the original language doesn't mean like an Elvis mansion or a Bill Gates home or something like that. It's simply an abiding place, a dwelling place. It speaks of the ultimate close union between God and his people. And for instance, if you want to understand what John 14, the many mansions in the King James is saying, you turn to Ezekiel 37, verse 27, and the promise, prophetic promise, it says, my dwelling place shall be with them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Uh, Heaven isn't a glitzy mansion, it's being with God. It's focused on God. And because so many people have this conception of heaven, I recommend to you a country and western song by Craig Campbell entitled The Outskirts of Heaven. And his grandfather told him about the streets of gold and all this kind of stuff. And he says, you know, really, I'd prefer, you know, a a little modest house with some big trees and some acreage and a stream with fish in the stream and all that. Well, guess what? That's what heaven's going to be like. And you like seeing your friends at the mall, how about seeing your all your friends, all your friends and your family, not just seeing them once a year or so at Thanksgiving, but for generations of your family believing in Christ, you'll see them and you'll be enjoying not kind of like pretend virtual metaverse, but real lakes, rivers, streams, mountains, green pastures, breathtaking natural beauty, animals of all types, although non-aggressive, and you'll have real new bodies. Uh, Your body will be like Jesus's body after he rose from the dead. He was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee making a fire and cooking fish, and they didn't think he was Casper the Friendly Ghost. They just thought he was a guy making a fire, and it was Jesus. And we will have totally renewed, beautified, earth. And it's not going to go into non-existence. It's going to go into a totally renewed and glorified existence. Okay, so now we get down to some really critical questions. And we're talking about after the day of the Lord or after the second coming. Ask yourself if you want a third question, right? We said, where do you expect to spend eternity and what do you think it will be like? Just say, where is heaven for us after the day of the Lord? Where is heaven for us after the second coming? And where will we be? There is a hypercritical section of the Catechism of the Catholic Church that simply effectively and succinctly answers this question. And again, if you're not driving, pull over, 
pull over if you are driving. If you're not driving, write this down. Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1025, 1025. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ. Okay? So according to the catechism, I fully, fully, fully agree, heaven is where Jesus is. So then the ultimate question on this topic, so where is Jesus after the second coming? Where is Jesus after the day of the Lord? Well, this isn't hard to find because you find the same context in Revelation 21. There's only two real passages in the New Testament that explicitly talks about this new heaven and new earth. It's Revelation 21 and 2 Peter 3, and then Isaiah 65 and 66 in the Old Testament. But in Revelation, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is exactly what 2 Peter is saying. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. See, all the hymns, and there's hundreds of really lousy hymns, and even homily and preaching statements that talk about us always going to heaven. Well, that's true prior to the second coming, prior to the day of the Lord. But for eternity future, we don't go up, heaven comes down. And I heard a loud voice, so you shouldn't be able to miss this one, a loud voice from the throne, and who's on the throne? Jesus Christ our Lord, that says, quote, behold, the dwelling of God is with men. That's exactly what John 14, the mansion's uh, mistranslation was trying to say. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. Well, if they come down from heaven to earth, and heaven is where Jesus is, where is Jesus after the day of the Lord? He's on the new earth in Revelation 21.4, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And he'll sit upon the throne saying, behold, I make all things new. And he says, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. All right, let's just get started. What will the new earth be like? Well, for one, it is going to be an extremely happy place. If you like happiness and joy and gladness, Isaiah 65, 17 says, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. The former stuff shall not be remembered or come to mind, verse 18, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. What? The new heavens and new earth. For behold, I create a joy and her people to be a gladness. Uh, second, it'll be a gardener's paradise. And I hope people have some time in their life to get their hands in the dirt. I think it's very healthy to human beings. I have studied both horticulture and psychology, and I know that people who are depressed and stressed, if they just simply get their hands dirty in a greenhouse or a garden, all that goes away. Well, anyhow, new heavens and new earth is going to be a gardener's paradise. Again, Isaiah 65, verse 21. 
They'll build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They're not going to sit around and do nothing. Be like Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were to tend paradise, not to just uh, veg out, so to speak. And in case you happen to be an animal lover, it'll be an animal lover's paradise. And it says the wolf and the lamb shall graze together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox and they shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. Let me come back to where I began with the application. Mom and dad, you're probably gonna have to teach this because there's very, very few Protestant or Catholic teachers and preachers and catechists explaining this. On the evangelical side, a man named Randy Alcorn does a very good job of this. On the Catholic side, not quite as much, okay? So what you wanna do is like take your kids on the ride on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, Billy Graham thought that the Western Carolina mountains which go up into Virginia, where the nicest, it was the nicest place in the world, and I happen to agree with Billy Graham. So if you want to see what the new heavens would be like, take a ride in the Blue Ridge Parkway with your family and tell your kids as you're visiting, this is something like what the new heavens and the new earth will be like, and we'll all be together to enjoy it. Or if you live somewhere far away, uh, find your nicest national park or go to the Sequoia National Forest and just tell your kids as we're all going to be together with grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle and so and so if we're faithful to Christ and be enjoying this forever. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 307 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.